It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to join us as we see how fast away the old year passes and as we hail the new ye lads and lasses right out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason, or as my friends just call me, Jason. Happy October, everybody. We are in the burr months still. We are super close, super close to our favorite time of the year. Yes, we are. And uh, we have some we have some fun treats for you today. Maybe some tricks, maybe something spooky. Uh, in honor of Halloween, uh, we're going to learn about one of Santa's fur-clad, maybe a little bit more scary helpers. Mrs. Claus has a, uh, a Halloween treat. We'll, we'll say that. A Halloween treat for you today. Ned's got some tasty tricks of his own. Mrs. Nesbitt is here with her first book segment for your book nook. And, of course, we are going to see if The Monster's Christmas is a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special. And just a little reminder, everyone. Remember, our show is not for younger listeners, as we may sometimes use some language and discuss some themes that are just not appropriate for our our little ears, and uh, they could definitely land us on the naughty list. So, let's get on the show and start things off with our festive fun fact. Well, hello, my holiday elves. It's October. And I thought, you know, we should talk about another one of Santa's helpers who may seem a little scarier. Belschnickel. That's right. Belschnickel is a crotchety, fur-clad Christmas gift bringer who is a figure in folklore from the Palantate region of southwestern Germany. I know I just butchered that, y'all, but we're going to keep going. He is also remembered and celebrated in uh, Pennsylvania Dutch communities as well. Belschnickel is a man who wears fur. and He's got a little fashion sense, sort of. Um, and sometimes he has a mask with a really long tongue, so hey. Belschnickel does translate to Nicholas with fur. I said fashion sense, but let's be honest, we're, we're wrong on this, okay? He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes. And he here's here's, if that wasn't frightening enough, honestly... He carries uh, switches in his hand, either a stack of sticks or a switch. And uh, what he does is he beats naughty children. So there's that. If you're naughty, you get hit with a switch by Belschnickel. And uh, if you're good, he carries pockets full of cakes and candies and nuts and things like that, little treats for good little kids. And, um, you know, Belschnickel's an interesting, uh, interesting character. He's also known as Chris Kinkle. And sometimes as the Christmas woman, which is interesting because in some variations, he would arrive some hours after dark, completely disguised, hiding his face. 
And he would sometimes cover his face with a fizz, which was generally worn by females. So it would cover their face, and it would be some type of hideous, hideous fizz. And that's kind of where they came up with the name of Christmas Woman, um, because he would also be like maybe a woman with more f- uh, forceful actions that some might consider masculine. When people immigrated to Pennsylvania, they brought their German traditions with them. And, of course, Belschnickel is one of those traditions. He would visit homes prior to Christmas to check up on the behavior of the kids in the settlements. And uh, he'd show up about one to two weeks before Christmas, already knowing which children had misbehaved. And he would he would knock on their door or their window with his stick. And typically what they would do is the children would have to answer a question from him or sing some type of song, and in exchange, he would toss candies on the floor. However, if the children jump too quick for the treats, they might actually end up getting his switch. There are so many jokes I want to make about him, but I am I am down for a Belschnickel, all right? And I'm pretty sure some other people in the community might be down for him as well. Uh, the tradition of Belschnickel was also brought to Indiana by immigrants, uh, as well as belschnickling, or the running of groups of young people dressed up in costumes and scary masks. And what they would do is on belschnickel night, which is the eve of the Feast of St. Nicholas, they would run through their town, their streets, their village, uh, in their costumes, rattling chains and ringing bells and just making some noise. Belschnickel has actually slowly begun popping up in our more popular current culture. Um, there is a brewing company in Adamstown, Pennsylvania named Stout's Brewing Company that brews a seasonal dark lager called Belschnickel. And uh, if you follow any of the uh, original Wizard of Oz books um, created by Frank L. Baum, one of the antagonists in book number 35, written by John R. Neal, called The Scalawagons of Oz, Uh, The antagonist of the book is Belschnickel. In 2000, uh, there was an author, Chet Williams, who published the Pennsylvania Dutch Night Before Christmas, a a children's book that also includes Belschnickel. And uh, Belschnickel was famously brought to more eyes than we can imagine during episode, uh, during the Christmas episode of season nine of The Office called Dwight Christmas where Dwight Schrute dresses as Belschnickel and spends a significant portion of the episode deciding which of his co-workers were impish or admirable at, at the company Christmas party. So if you've never seen that, you can definitely find some clips on YouTube for sure. And most recently in the 2020 sequel to the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix, Belschnickel is played as the movie's main antagonist, and his goal is to destroy Christmas, which is a little bit off-brand for the character. Um, but it was a, it was a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you can totally find it on on um, Netflix and kind of see a little bit about uh, Belschnickel's backstory in that universe. So, question for you all: What do you think about Belschnickel? Do you have any uh, any traditions that include Belschnickel in your lives? Let us know by emailing us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can also let us know any festive fun facts you would like us to talk about on the show. We do the show once a month, so that is plenty of time for us to get your festive fun fact out. Grab a blanket, a hot cup of tea, and settle back for Mrs. Nesbitt's Holiday Books. For your holiday book nook.
oh, gee, here I am again. Welcome to my little segment. Oh, it's me, your host, Mrs. Nesbitt, Lorraine Nesbitt, but call me Mrs. Nesbitt. I'm the librarian at the North Pole. Well, listen, I've got to do my first book review for you. I'm very under pressure. Okay, well, I decided since it's spooky time, I'd do more of a supernatural book. So I read the book, this time with a gay vampire by Mark Pace. Listen, let me tell you something. It's a short book, so therefore you get a short review. That's how it works. The longer book, longer review. It's only 91 pages for Jingle Bell's sake. 91! It's like a novella. Anyway, the book is about a man who doesn't know how attractive he is. Seriously, they say that in the book. He doesn't know how attractive he is. His best friend even says in the book, you don't know how attractive you are. My God, how many times have we got to be reminded about how, how attractive he is? <sighs> anyway, so he goes to his first vampire bar to lose his vampire veek hard. And there he meets the vampire of his dreams. But as soon as the vampire goes to bite him, bang, there's a twist. The young man actually works for the Catholic Church and is a vampire hunter. However, some things happen. Some people get shot. There's a crazy nun. But their undying and honestly unexplained love and connection conquers all. And they become partners in the undead life that they have now chosen to live together. Yeah, here's the short of it. They try to make the book erotic with the with the biting stuff. But much like the main character's personality, there's not much there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Joey said, don't try humor. I'm not good at it. In order to get the 91 pages, we spend most of the book trying to escape the Catholic Church and fighting a vampire hating gun-toting nun. It makes no sense. I was hoping to get a little more dark shadows in the book, but instead I ended up with kind of like a, a dollar store version of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, I got some book nook ratings for you. That's what I got. That's what I'm doing here. Okay, all right. So here's my book nook rankings for you. Yeah, for the story and the plot, I give it a meh. Just a meh. There wasn't anything wang bang about it. It was just meh. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. It was just meh. Character development also gets a meh. Yeah, there wasn't much. You can't do a lot in 91 pages. Apparently, you can spend a bunch of pages talking about a nun who's, you know, trying to stop them from falling in love. And for romance, I give it a bothered. Yeah, not a hot and bothered. It got me a little, it got me a little steamy. A little bothered. little, little, little bothered. But not, but not like a, hey, Joey, my husband. Hey, Joey, let's go talk about this. Not that. Just a little bothered. Just a little bothered. So that's my first review. I hope you liked it. I don't I don't know really know what I'm doing yet. You know, I don't even know how to wrap this up. But I'll say this. Join us next month as we review one of the holiday stories found in Kiera Andrews' Gay Holiday Romance Collection. The story we're going to talk about is titled Where the Love Light Gleams. Oh, I love it. It's such a cute title. And it's about an actor fallen for his co-star on the set of the hit sci-fi series yeah yeah and he gets invited to spend the holidays together now that that might get me hot and bothered but we'll have to see anyway until next time this is lorraine nesbitt but just call me mrs nesbitt and i think i just end it with over and out i think 
Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers! I don't care, Mitzi. You don't even have the damn Oreos out of the package. It's your one job. You know every time we're recording, it's your job in the kitchen to prep for the recording. We have the recipe, we have my script, and we have you prep the kitchen. We all have our jobs. I don't understand. It doesn't matter now. I'll do it myself. And no, I don't want to hear your excuses. Anyway, listen. The red light's on. Oh, <laughs> hello, dear listeners. I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you back in my kitchen again. Yes, you know, we're only two months away from Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes. Now, listen. You know, it's very busy right now up here at the North Pole. Yes, it is. Because we've got to be busy making all kinds of candies and treats here in the kitchen. And, you know, doll clothes and, and, and accessories and things in our shops. And, of course, making all the toys and video games and whatever things you all, well, you know, you come up with. And we've got to get, uh, you know, there's, there's been a problem with the shipping we understand it's not our fault, but we got it. So we've got to get all this stuff. Uh, we're trying to find faster ways to get it to the toy companies. And then, of course, for Santa to bring to you on Christmas Eve and to give your gifts to your friends. Yes. But here's the thing. We like to have a good time up here, too. Yes, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. We really do. We love to have a good time. So, we like to have our special holiday Halloween party. Mm-hmm. We do trick-or-treating up here, you know. It is a custom that was brought by a friend of, of Santa. Mm-hmm. I think you learned about him a few moments ago. Mm, talking about Belschnickel. <laughs> I enjoy him. He's, a, he's very manly. Anyway, mm, so... You know, we like to celebrate Halloween here. And, uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, you know, when we do a Halloween party, who's in charge? Well, of course, it's me, you know. Who else is going to do it? So I got to plan the menu and figure out the activities. And, you know, this party goes, it's, 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 you know, it's not as big of a deal as Christmas because, you know, Christmas takes us all year round. But the Halloween party takes a good bit of my time because I've got Halloween and then I've got to get the, the Thanksgiving Day feast ready to go to. Mm-hmm. It's always busy in my, in my kitchen. My oven's always hot during the first, you know, during the last months of, of the bear seasons. So, you know, anyway, I thought, you know what, you're probably having to create parties and things like that, too. And we're starting to get busy in our own lives. And I thought, well, you know, maybe maybe you're out trick or treating or taking the little ones trick or treating. Or maybe you're doing this thing that I heard about called an adult trick or treat. Yeah, that's where adults go around the neighborhood and trick-or-treat at the other adults' houses and you take shots of liquor. Yeah, well, the kids are all being babysat by some unlucky parent who decided to be the sober sober friend. Mm. 
Now, listen, that's an event that Mrs. C could even get behind. <laughs> oh, I could just imagine trick-or-treating for some sherry. <laughs> anyway, so what I thought I would do is just give you a very, very quick treat today. Very quick. It's very quick, okay? So we're going to give you a very quick treat that you can do really quickly and then sit down and enjoy while you're handing out your own tricks and treats to the little ghosts and goblins and all of those little things that are going to be popping up at your door going, knock, 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 trick or treat, give me something good to eat. <laughs> Do not give them these, though. These are for you. So, yeah, you're just going to be, this is what we're going to do, okay? Now, let me tell you a little bit about what we're making, all right? Because this recipe actually is not one of mine. I know you're surprised. But listen, sometimes listeners send in recipes to me. And that's absolutely fine because, you know, I find new things and I like it. I do. So, if you want to send in a recipe, all you have to do is just send it to, you know, attention, Mrs. C. But uh, you just send it to Kip and the Yule Dead Gay at gmail.com yeah and then Gason will forward it on to me now this one is a little bit better hmm. you'll get that pun in a minute because it was sent in by listener Sarah who says she loves books and hopes to get more books for Christmas but her favorite thing about Halloween is reading books about bats so guess what we're making we are making Sarah's sweet Betty bats Yes, Betty Bats. That's right. Now, this recipe, like I said, is very easy to make. The little ones can help. They'll be a mess, but you can make them help. Um, but this recipe makes about 15 servings. And uh, your ingredients are only three things. Yeah, who knew? So, you got to go get yourself 15 double-stuffed Oreo cookies. They're good. And then you want to get a half cup of those meltable chocolate wafers. Uh, you, they're called candy melts, whatever. Get the chocolate ones. Unless, yeah, get the chocolate. I don't think it's going to be good with any other flavor. But you could try it, maybe the caramel flavor. It doesn't matter. Get the chocolate ones. It looks better. We're making a bat for God's sakes. Get the chocolate. And then you need to get ch these little candy eyeballs. Yes. Wilton makes some. And you can get some candy. Just like They're just candy eyeballs. And you make it look like a little creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get them on Amazon or at your local grocery store or even at your local craft store. Maybe they got a better cake section there. But yeah, just get yourself some of these little eyeballs. They're kind of creepy, but they're cute at the same right. Yes. And then for your kitchen tools, your kitchen tools, you've got to get some parchment paper, a cookie sheet, butter knife, a small mixing spoon, and of course, a small microwavable bowl. If you have all of those things ready to go, we're going to be able to do this recipe right. We are, yes. So, I have to get the pan out because I have an assistant who isn't worth a piece of... It's fine, it's fine. It's Halloween, we're almost at Christmas. Hold on a moment. We've got to get more damn pan out. Every time, because she can't do it. I know I'm making a lot of noise. So we've got our parchment paper. And we're going to line our cookie sheet. Well, I am annoyed. They won't know you can edit this out.
Alright, so we've got to our parchment paper. Now we've got to do is get rid of those cookies. Oh, I do love an Oreo. Now, here is step one. We've got all this stuff ready to go. But you know what we got to do? You know what we've got to do. It's sherry time. So you've got to get your bottle of sherry out because trust me, today I'm going to need it. And we're going to remember, we're going to fill it to the top. All the way. Ooh, ooh. Every last drop. Excellent. Now we've got to do our tears, you know, our toast. So here we go. This is a quick one for Halloween. <laughs> Cheers, my Halloween witches. <laughs> mm. It's so good. You know, I'm going to have a second sip because somebody's got me on a level 10. I didn't even know it was going to happen. All right. Things are already looking up. Yes, they are. So what we're going to do is we've lined our cookie sheet with the parchment paper and we've got to take out five Oreo cookies. Okay. We've got to get out five Oreo cookies. Remember, we're using the double stuff. They've got the extra cream because it kind of comes important. So I'm going to take out one, two, three, four, five. I kind of want to eat one, but I'm not going to. Not right now. Now, what we have to do, though, is we're going to take these five cookies and we're going to cut them in half, right down the middle of the cookie. All right, you want to cut it right down the middle. Now, once we've cut the cookie, I've got a new microphone, it works around with me. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to separate the halves of the cookies out because these each half cookie pieces are going to be your bet wings. And no, Sarah's weird. It's okay. I practiced this recipe first and it's super cute, so she's not weird. I take that back, Sarah. You're a good girl. She actually has been a good girl. We've been, uh, we've been watching her for a long time. So we're going to separate out the cookies. Now here comes the part that's going to take us a moment. We've got to scrape off all the extra cream. That's a little treat for yourself. Yes. So give me a moment. I'm going to scrape off all the cream off the cookies. Set it aside. You can eat it. Yeah. Give yourself a treat. One moment. Hmm. Be careful not to break the cookie. But try to get as much of the creamy filling off. And then set the pieces aside. And it really, it doesn't take that much time. If you get the knife just in there just the right way, it'll pull off the cream in one quick scoop. I'm almost done actually. I mean, it does make me want a cookie. I think I'll have one here in a bit. 
Because, you know, if you're not tasting your treats, what are you making them for? you got to taste them, make sure they're good. So, you know. Almost finished. All right. Last one. I've got a bit of cream on my fingers. <laughs> okay. Next up. Now that you have your pieces cut, you're going to take a full Oreo cookie, because remember we've got 10 of them left. And what you're going to do is you're going to take your, your, your cookie half piece and you're going to jam it in to the, to the cream part and press, press the cookie on into it so that when you're done, they look like little wings on the edges. But it's helpful if you press the cream and the cookie together to hold it in place. All right. So we're going to do that. I'm going to make a bunch of them. Give me a few moments. I'll be right back. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what we do next. Okay. So we'll be right back. So I've got all of my 15 bits made and now I've got to move into my next step, all right? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take those meltable chocolate wafers. We're going to put them in a bowl. We're going to put them in the microwave. <laughs> now, if you want to be fancy, you can do it in a double broiler over the stove, but that's up to you. Put a couple of those little chocolate bits in there. All right, now we're going to put it in the microwave for about, you know, 20 seconds each time, stirring in between. While it's heating up, I'm going to go ahead and get my spoon out. And I'm going to go ahead and open up my little candy eyeballs. Mm -hmm. They're so cute, these little candy eyeballs. You know, I was like, what am I going to use these for after Halloween? But honestly, you could make little cookies with animal faces. Mm -hmm. So these little candy eyeballs are good for year round, okay? You don't think you just got to only have to have them for Halloween. Just, they're so cute. Okay. It's, it's not melted. <laughs> We've got to keep going. I'm going to try one of these candy eyeballs. It's like a vanilla flavored sugar. I'm going to be bouncing off the walls with the sugar in my liquor. Speaking of, let's take a drink before the bell dings on the microwave. I did it. I hope you did too. Alright. We're almost there. I'm going to give this bowl a quick stir. A lot of times when you're using these chocolate wafers and things, you've got to remember to stir in the bowl. Because you're going to start getting some meltedness, but you want to get them all melted. So, you know, I stir in the bowl. I think I'm going to take another sip. We'll let this go for another uh, 30 seconds or so 
And it should be good after this round. So cheers to you, my queers. Ooh. Every sip gets better. It truly does. All right, let's see what we've got. And I think we've got melted chocolate. Mm. I, you know, this time around, I'm using a dark chocolate because I thought the dark chocolate would have just a little bit more chocolate taste. All right. Now, we've got that done. So here's the deal. You've got to take a spoon, your mixing spoon, the small one we talked about, and what you're going to do is you're going to scoop a little bit of melted chocolate on top of the Oreo cookie. All right. And then you're going to use the back of your spoon to evenly spread it around the cookie. All right. Here we go. Oh, that looks that looks really good. What to cover the whole top of the cookie? And we have to do this pretty quick because once you have the the chocolate on the cookie. You're going to take two of your little eyeballs and you're going to put them on there and they're going to look like a little bat. Mm, it's so damn cute, Sarah. <laughs> I'm kind of mad I never thought to be. Right, now I've got 15 of these things to make. So I'm going to give you a little bit more of Christmas music and I'll be right back. my god as soon as you put the little eyes on the cookie they look so damn cute they're really cute now you could do all kinds of little things with this if you want you know you could add little bat things if you wanted to cut out a piece of fruit roll up or something that you could put with a chocolate um, it's up to you you just let your imagination go crazy these are so cute though sarah did a great job i love this recipe so much anyway here's the deal you've got to put them in the refrigerator or the freezer and uh, wait until the chocolate has has uh, firmed up, and then you can serve them. And if you have any left over, which I don't think you will, but if you do, you just put them in a in an airtight container, and they'll sit, and you'll be fine for days. So you're good. So that's it. It's a very simple and so cute recipe. I just wanted you to have a quick treat for yourselves, so you can spend all your time enjoying the tricks and treats you can. And I know some of you might want to slow down on the number of tricks you've been having lately. I'm talking right to you, listener Peter. I know you all assumed that I would tell you a spooky story today. But honestly, the only thing spooky is here is Mitzi doing any actual work. Well, there's HR. Until next time. Merry Christmas, everyone. And happy treat tasting. Welcome back to another classic or not so classic Christmas special review. 
Whoo, um, it is. <laughs> this one's a this one's a a dilly. It's a it's a dilly. Um, I always have on one of my holiday guesty bestie co-hosts, and because it's the spooky month of October, that means I have to find a scary Christmas special. Uh, and bring on someone who loves Halloween as much as I love Christmas. So please welcome back my guestie bestie Pamela. Hello. Hi, friend. Hi. I'm sorry you were subjected to tonight's uh, tonight's episode here. I'm not sure we can be friends anymore. <laughs> Normally, I give you a choice. This time, I didn't. I was like, oh, this is what we're going to watch. So last year, if you remember, Pamela came on and we watched the uh, the monster, uh, this monster scary little Christmas. Yes. Which we didn't hate, but we did not enjoy. Exactly. Okay. I have to tell you um, some truth. The the show that we watched is called the the monsters, the monsters Christmas. That was not the show that I thought we were going to watch. <laughs> the show that I had originally planned for us to watch was a cartoon called A Monsters Christmas. I saw that one on there. So <laughs> I apologize. John's like John asked me. He's like, did Jason let you pick? Did you choose this? Because if not, I think he hates you. Yeah. Did he watch it with you? Yes. Oh, God. He thinks you owe him something for that, too. Nope. That is not my fault. I didn't (laughs) tell you to do that. So, um, you know, the the monster Scary Little Christmas, we both bought it because we couldn't find it, really. And uh, (laughs) it wasn't great. But again, we didn't hate. True. I disliked. But I don't think I hated it. I don't remember. But I don't remember uh, walking away with such a feeling of... Oh my gosh, there was a range of emotions. Anger, despair, rage, bemusement. Not amusement, just bemused. Um, might have had a little bile in my throat. And then I see, a, I get a Snapchat from you before I even started watching it. And you, quote, said, I don't think we can be friends after this. <laughs> Again. So... Oh, God. Okay, so again, this is called The Monster's Christmas. From 1981, the year I was born. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you watch it back then? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So this is different because normally I think you're the only one that's ever had two live action shows. I don't think anybody else has had. I think everybody else has been a cartoon. Oh. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So you do hate me. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no. So this was a show, oh God, I don't even have a lot of notes on this. Normally, you know, I go out of my way to find cast information and songs and I'm just going to tell y'all what I found. Okay. It was created by Gibson Film Productions. And like you said, it aired in 1981 and it was filmed entirely in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. which sounds appealing. It does. But it wasn't. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's this company, uh, Gibson Film Productions, made a total of four movies, including another Christmas one called Nearly No Christmas. I wish you could see the face I just gave (laughs) Pamela. I don't think it'll be covered on this show. I mean, it might. And if we do, it's going to be with you. So. Oh, thanks Um, for that. (laughs) I don't even know where to go. So. Real quick synopsis before we really get into the show. It's about a little girl who agrees to help 
a monster and two other monsters, so three monsters, travel across, I don't know where. I don't know if we're supposed to think she's still in New Zealand or is she in Monsterland? They never really said. To um, help get the monsters their voices back because they love to sing Christmas carols, which is just bizarre. Because an evil witch stole them. And looking at the only notes that I could find were a couple of reviews. Uh, one, you, I don't think you can even buy this, nor would you. We saw it on YouTube. So, of course, at the end of the show, you can go to the show notes and you can uh, suffer with us. Mm. Thought. What if you watch this while high? I don't know. If you got pretty baked. Maybe. Maybe. And you I'm sitting some... here thinking about not like an LSD kind of a high. Because no. I think you'd be sucked into the TV and... But yeah, I, I wonder if you get like a really good baked. Maybe this would be enjoyable now. Maybe. I said it reminded me of like HR Puff and stuff a lot, but like the the dollar store version of HR Puff and stuff. Yeah, it felt like they were really trying to ride on the coattails of like um Jim Henson mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Star Wars yep. and all that good stuff with the the puppetry, mm-hmm. and they just <laughs> failed <laughs> miserably. Did you see that one monster? It looked like they had just cut off balloons. Yeah, and put the mm-hmm. tips of balloons. Yeah, they probably did on its fingers. I mean, I don't know what the budget for this was, but I'm gonna guess it was pretty pretty cheap. Yeah, pretty cheap. Um, because that was the talent they got too. <laughs> so the reason i bring this up is because looking at this one review they basically state that each of the monsters represents a specific quality of the natural landscape in new zealand and when this was made um gibson film production said we want this to be a landscape piece we want people to see all the wonderful beauty in new zealand and i was like that's great why would you make this then Yes, why would you... It mainly takes place in, like, a burnt-out volcano. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. And and each monster, and I'm going to go ahead and... Spoiler alert, we're going to tell you the monster names now before we get to the show, because they actually do have names. They do. They do. It was the Mountain Monster uh, showcases the many mountains on the island, including Mount Naguro. I don't, I'm pretty sure I just destroyed that which would later be used for Mount Doom in the Lord of the Rings movie. It was a pretty mountain. Yeah, it was a mountain. Um, and then the Waiatapu, I'm sure I'm butchering all these things, Thermal Wonderland is the backdrop, uh, is a backdrop that's used as the setting of the mud monsters. And then the insect monster uh, is showcases the wildlife that represents um, New Zealand. So... Um, then they went on to compare this to the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, which I had to say, no, thank you. I don't, that's not even okay. No. Um, voice acting. Again, I just said this is a live action show in the vein of H&R Puff and stuff. Um, the monsters didn't talk. They just grunted a lot and made weird noises because all the monsters lost their voices. So only the little girl, who's by the way, name is Girl, we found out. Just Girl, she doesn't get a name. And the witch, who... I think I finally figured out her name, but I don't. I'm going to butcher it, and I don't care, because we couldn't understand what her name was. Could you understand what her name was? No, she had a witch name? She had a witch name, and uh, we're going to find it later on in here, if I can remember where I wrote it in my notes. Um, 
there is a there is some singing in this mm-hmm. the little girl gets her own number and it was um forgettable e- yes and ear piercing yes i turned the volume down uh throughout the whole song and then uh they sing at the end and it's the same song over and over again throughout the whole show it makes no sense why they chose that song with monsters but we'll get to that in a moment um okay well let's let's just i feel like all we're gonna do is complain about it anyway so we might as well just get to it and get this get this over with i'm i wanted a spooky october but this was just terrifyingly trashy it was it was (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay so we open on the show and I remember when we both started it because we wanted to make sure that we gave you the right one. And you were like, is this what we're supposed to be watching? And I was like, I think it's what we're supposed to be watching. But it starts off with a heavy breathing monster, mm-hmm. pretty much Pervin, as he stalks upon a little girl in a house. Yes. And it is, you are the point of the view. It's like they gave the monster the camera and you're the point of the view of the monster. And he's like, mur, mur, mur. and you're like, what? Is this, a, is this supposed to be a scary? And I was like, oh, this is, might be a scary holiday special. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm down for this. No. And we see the little girl from her window and hear her start reading her a book to her teddy bear. And the book is called... The Monster's Christmas. And all the pictures are of our monsters. Yes. Now, while this could have been a, a, a ingenious way to give us the quick backstory of what was going on, um, first of all, it, when you when she opens the book, you can tell it's like pages almost in a binder. Am I am I wrong on this? <laughs> and I don't see any words. She is just making the story up as she goes. There were no words on pages. It I, was just pictures. I felt like this might have been better if it would have been based off a children's book. Like John kept asking me, that's based off a children's book, right? A real children's book? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it almost probably would have been better if it was animated. Oh, yeah. Because you could have done more, mm-hmm. right? And maybe found some better talent. <laughs> because I'm not a fan of the little girl. Oh. I'm not. Poor little girl. So... We find out that monsters love singing Christmas carols, which makes no sense, but okay. Which would have been great if they had actually had the monsters singing some Christmas carols, like at the beginning. Yeah. Or something to show us that monsters love Christmas carols so much. Nothing. We get to see a picture of them that that looks like it was probably created by the art department who also created the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> that sound is how I felt 90% of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. Like, that actually makes a lot of sense. They should have done that at the beginning. Like, let us see the monsters. I would have rather not had the book. Or we could have started with the backstory, with the monster singing, the witch getting upset, and then fade into the little girl reading the book to the teddy bear. Yeah. That would have made more sense, That I would think. have been better. Yeah. So, apparently, I just said the evil witch. So, there's an evil witch. Um, I think her name is Fistendock. Because that's what I've decided to call her since this is this is a gay podcast. We're going to call her Fiston Duck. That explains the scene later. <laughs> I have lots of things to say about her. Uh, Fiston, I think it's Fiston Duck or Fiston Duck. I don't know. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, and she's super jealous because she has a crappy Christmas Carol voice. She can't sing. And the monsters, I don't know if the monsters made fun of her or just she was just super jelly. I don't remember 
to be honest. I'm, I think you're reading a lot more into it than was there. I Hey. You're giving it some story. You're making well, it sound better than it was. I'm so sorry. This is not, I, I don't mean to. I just am a good storyteller, unlike the writer, director, and cast of this show. <laughs> um, and I had to watch it twice, and I was real mad about it. I always have to watch each one of these twice, because I watch it the first time to experience it, and then I watch it the second time to go back and, and type up the... Uh, the things that you know we need to know about the show the the breakdown um and the, i'm not this one oh girl this show's 40 minute 47 minutes long how in the world did they make that i don't 47 minutes there is some dumb shit that was played for laughs that failed to get a giggle i don't think i laughed uh, me either i I did laugh at an appropriate thing that wasn't supposed to be funny, but I found it funny with the witch later on. But I really just, I was like, why? At first I thought, oh, I got to be halfway through. So I paused it. Oh, it was 10 minutes in. Oh, shit. Oh, God. It's so, so anyway. Okay. <laughs> so she steals their voices because she's jealous and she hides them away in her emptied out volcano mountainy thing. Her and volcano lair. Her volcano lair. Yes. Everybody, ha- every villain needs a lair. Yes. Uh, and then the book shows us more about how the monsters get back at the witch by um, hiding her magic wand in retaliation. And then the witch tells them that they can get their voices back only if they come to her mountain and say the magic words. But of course they can't because they can't talk. And so every Christmas Eve, apparently, we don't know how long this has been going on. It just says every Christmas Eve, they go out and find somebody who can say the magic words, which makes no sense. Is, is it every Christmas Eve? That means, you know, for as long as we've been celebrating Christmas. Oh. Which then... <sighs> I'm about to go real philosophical. The only song the monsters know how to sing is Silent Night. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm so confused. So there's monsters, right? I'm about to do a voice of a character, but I'm just going to hold it back. I don't know with anything I've ever read. They're singing about the birth of Jesus. Do monsters believe in Jesus? And if so, do monsters worship Christianity? Because I feel like if they did, they'd have a huge problem with the witch and her magic. (laughs) Am I wrong in this? This is all I kept thinking. The whole show. I was like, are are we to believe? Because they kept singing Silent Night. That's the only song they know. First of all, you don't sing, you don't know carols. You just know, just know Silent Night. And I was like, okay, well, Silent Make, you know, Silent Night makes sense because it's probably it's it's uh it's royalty free at this point because it's been around for a billion years mm-hmm. and so it was probably the only one that they could be like oh get the rights to this it doesn't cost us anything but it doesn't make any sense it was silent night because they couldn't talk <laughs> oh my god maybe that's accurate i wonder if that's maybe why they chose silent night maybe that's a joke oh I don't know if these people are that smart. You, you're, you're correct. They are not. They are not. Um, I'm so sorry if you made this movie and you're listening to us. Oh, please. I don't think you. any. I checked before we got on today to see if I had any listeners in New Zealand. We're good. Okay. We're cool. good. Don't share this with them. Share other episodes and say skip this one. <laughs> Your country's beautiful. This movie is not. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So then the monster is still listening to the girl and he breaks into her house. He just breaks open the door, just walks on in. And she thinks it's Father Christmas and goes to investigate. And we, through her eyes, we finally get to see our first glimpse of our first monster, the mountain monster. This is what I wrote about the mountain monster. And I would like to hear your thoughts on the mountain monster's costume as well. I said, the mountain monster looks like the art project of a preschooler. It has shale-like scales all over its body. One random eye that mm. shoots water. It's real uncomfortable. A giant mouth that doesn't make any sense. And one arm. And for some reason, on the top of his head, smokes like a volcano at random moments. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add to that description of the mountain monster? His eye freaked me out a little bit because it looked like one of those squishy balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- that, that has the spikes on it. That has the spikes on mm-hmm. it. So it looks like they just took stuff they found in like a random preschool room. Yeah. And made a monster out of it. It makes no sense. And at one point during the show, it it's walking up a mountain and you can clearly see the human legs that are <laughs> underneath. <laughs> um, so, Okay. I'm glad we feel the same thing. He tries to steal the girl's Christmas stocking and she says, I know what you are. I don't, I can't (laughs) do it. It's pretty good. Oh God. It's pretty good. Um, You're a monster. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't scare me because you can't even talk. And I just gave her a really old lady voice then too. And um, (laughs) when she says that you can't even talk, that's when the monster starts crying. And this glob of water comes like squirting inappropriately out of its eye it makes no sense um and then she dabs at its eye but not where the water's coming out like up at the top yeah like she just she just beaten this poor thing in the <laughs> eye oh, and then we're treated to what i quoted as a very unfunny scene of the monster trying to mime to the girl that he has the wand of the witch Mm -hmm. and it takes us this is part that could have been cut out it took like three or four minutes i think maybe that's just how long it felt for them to pantomime her understanding it's a wand like she's dumb (laughs) she's dumb kid and so the little girl's like oh you've got the wand i'll go with you and so we don't even get a transition it's like a jump cut It goes from the dark of Christmas Eve to the bright, shiny, what I'm assuming is supposed to be monster land, because we don't know. Okay, that makes more sense, because I was like, because she said, as long as we're back by New Christmas Day, or whatever, (laughs) and then all of a sudden we're in, like, the sound of music, and... Yeah, we're on a, I think I put down, we're in a field of weeds. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is happening? And her Christmas stocking enormously grew. Mm. It was, it's, is that what she had with her with like the bag with all yeah, of this stuff? Yeah. And then there was a stocking attached to it. Oh. Cause I kept, I, I had to rewind it thrice Oh. because I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> I just let it go. I was mm-hmm. like, none of this shit makes sense anyway. We're just going to let it play. Really doesn't. So as they're walking through, she begins to sing the worst song that I think we've ever heard. I don't know what it's called. So I called it off to get the magic wand. <laughs> Blocked it out. Yeah, it's and she just sings about like I'm I'm with the monster and I gotta be home before Christmas. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> I'm gonna play a clip for everybody. Okay. Normally, I don't even announce it when I'm gonna do that, but I'll just you know. 
Enjoy this. I've got to get the voices back. It's really up to me. Without my help, the monsters will forever silent be. So off to get the magic wand and get into the cave. And meet the wicked witch and say the words I know will say. And that was your clip. <laughs> I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Um, she... <sighs> Once they get there, we meet another monster uh, named Nasty. Nasty. He's an Uncle Tom monster. Yes. Oh, gosh, yeah. So Nasty um, also can't speak. And I said he looks like a mole and a twink mutated together because he's super skinny and he's got a weird dangly nose that sniffs things. Yeah, I, w- I kept asking John, what is, what is that even supposed to be? And he had wings. That didn't make sense. And they he just wings. did have a tail until she oh, yeah. used yeah. the wand to... To burn it off? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, okay. So, he follows her and tries to steal the wand. No, he follows her. Sorry. And then the little girl randomly changes costumes. Did you catch the random change? She dresses up like a nurse for some reason. Oh, yeah. Like, what was up with that? No reason for that whatsoever. None. There's not a transition again. It was just like, yeah, make her dress like a nurse. Yeah. And she's she's like, oh, I think we should eat. Would you like some chocolate? And she's like, oh, monsters don't eat chocolate. What do, you, what do you eat? And he opens up a book and tears out a picture of flowers. And she's like, that's my Christmas present. Like, she just gets so annoyed. And she's like, you eat pictures. And her voice just screeches so <laughs> ungodly high of flowers. And so... I wrote dumb in capital letters. (laughs) So then she draws a picture of a flower and it looks like a little kid's drawing. Like they were just like, nah, she's not talented at anything. Go ahead and draw. Maybe we got this for you. (laughs) Sorry. I don't like her. Uh, And then the monster eats the picture, which is just dumb. It's, it's weird. And then she, she draws the monster several pictures. Mm -hmm. So it can eat. It's so stupid. It's, pointless and like what did that have to do with anything and we didn't have to i think they thought it was funny oh and it's like that's not funny that's not funny even as a child i wouldn't have thought that was funny i'd been like that's dumb why do you eat pictures yeah how do you get that big eating pictures you just eating libraries of pictures uh meanwhile while he's eating nasty comes over and tries to steal the wand and then that's when we finally figure out that nasty works for the witch and like you said, the little girl uses, I forget where they found the wand, but they had it. The little girl. Uh, it looked like it was in the cave where the witch was, but it obviously it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was in somewhere else. You're right. There was some other cave that it was in. So they first they turned Nasty's tail yellow. Yeah. And then um, the little girl maims him. She mm-hmm. commits an assault. I need everybody to understand this. It was a straight up assault. Yes, he was trying to rob them. Did he deserve to be maimed? No. And the way that he was maimed, she sets his fire, his tail on fire, and it burns off to a little awkward looking nubbin <laughs> that could have been mistaken for any other body part. Ooh. It was it was bad. Um Nasty goes to the witch's cave. <sighs> this lady. Uh, my note says she's an overacting asshole. <laughs> she's bad. 
She was very bad. And I and I get they wanted her to be over the top, but I felt like maybe we could have not been so over the top with her. Yeah. She wasn't scary. She was just loud and annoying. And I was like, why don't you make her scary? It would have been better if she had been scarier. Yeah. Anything. She was just loud and like verbally abusive. Yes. And very into jazzercise. Oh my God. That was the whole joke was like, she was doing her witch or sizes or whatever it was. Yeah. And she had like the whole like gymnastic equipment <laughs> in this cave. But she had like rings, a horse. Um, Which is a plot bar- point. Yeah, it is a plot point. Um, I expected, so it was in the eighties and I thought, well, I don't remember when the Bowflex came out, but I bet she would have had a Bowflex. Oh yeah. She would have loved a Bowflex. Yeah. So then, um, the witch is mad that they found the wand, but didn't bring it to her. So she tells her to go get it again. Then we flash back to the little girl and the mountain monster. I don't know. I wrote discussing, but he can't talk. So I don't know how they were figuring each other out. She was saying, but they knew that the voices were in the witch's cave. So the mountain monster tells her that he can't go with her. And she leaves him with another craptacular drawing to eat and walks off on her own. And then she walks into the woods where Nasty tries to steal the wand again. But she's then kidnapped by an insect monster who then throws her on the ground and knocks her out. Yeah. Which made no sense. It didn't. She wakes up and she's like, I want to be a monster too. <laughs> So he makes her a little monster outfit. He does make her a monster outfit. I described the insect as like a praying mantis almost. Yeah, I kind of did. That You could obviously tell that they had a human in a costume backwards. Yes. Okay. That's what I wrote too. I was like, please tell me she saw that. <laughs> so yeah, they're in the costume backwards. So everything was like, I have to give props to that person. They did pull off the weird, I guess, insectoid kind of behavior mm-hmm. it was a smart move to put it on backwards it's still dumb yeah still dumb very dumb but it also makes a lot more sense when you see them walking downhill later on yeah of why that one didn't fall and the others did mm-hmm. so um oh god the little girl's like i'm gonna be a monster too so that like you said they make her a costume I don't even know how to describe it. So I just wrote that it looked like an avocado with nipples. <laughs> because it looked like a sliced avocado. It does. Right? It does. And there were all these like weird nipple things put oh. on the front of it. It looked like, it honestly looked like a half of avocado. Like when you cut an avocado in half and you take the pit out. But this one left the pit in. Oh. I knew you would like that. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It was an avocado oh, with nipples. nipples. Um, maybe that'll be the title of the episode. I don't know yet. <laughs> um, but it doesn't give her a head or a mask. Mm-mm. And then this is uncomfortable. It begins to have a tickle fight with her. Ooh, yeah. Did you feel uncomfortable watching the tickle fight? Yeah, I did. Between an adult and a child in that way? Yeah. Is, is uncomfortable. We, we need to learn about consent, folks. <laughs> While they're tickle fighting, they lay the wand on the ground and Nasty almost gets the wand, but the insect monster wraps him up in the random spider webs that are in the insect monster's home, but the insect monster looks nothing like a spider. Exactly. Um, And then the little girl says that she wishes the insect monster could tell her the magic words. Nasty escapes and the insect leads her to her next path. 
and then ditches her in the woods because I would ditch her too. And then she gets chased by Nasty at a waterfall, which is beautiful. It was a very beautiful yes. waterfall. And I was like, are they going to throw her in the water? Because I kind of wanted to see her <laughs> slam in the water. But no, instead Nasty falls into the water, which I was yeah. super surprised they would put that craptacular costume in the water. So I was like, do they have more than one Nasty costume? I don't know. Hmm, things to think about. Hmm. Um, and then she continues on her journey. And this is where she meets uh, the Mud Monsters. It's a a two-headed poop-looking thing. It looked like poop. It did. It was brown poop. It was. It like, was... Go ahead. Please. It was a deuce-deuce. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was two people trapped in one costume, and they had poop heads. They were poop. Yeah. There, you cannot tell me that wasn't inspired by poop. Um... They take the wand from her. She says she's trying to get their voices back. They give back the wand. She then wastes an unnecessary amount of time drawing them a picture of a 14-legged crab, which I still don't understand. I can't believe I even spent the time to write it down. Because then they eat that picture of the crab. And I was like, I thought they ate pictures of flowers, not crabs. I know. And they took this whole big scene to, like, tear it off. Ugh. Like, to rip the paper in half so each can have one. And then there's this thing where they're... Like, the one monster that has the paper is trying to trick the other monster with the paper. It's as boring as I'm describing it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is 100% accurate right there. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the mud monsters then teach her how to scare people. And then they dance in a circle. And then they make her ahead of her costume, which is even dumber. And then they tell her basically to listen to the mud. And this was so weird. The mud, it was like a natural mud spring. And anytime the mud would bubble, you would hear the whisper of whatever lived in the mud. And whatever lived in the mud told her the magic words, which I thought, first of all, I thought it was words the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's a word. And it was dumb. It's hullabaloo. Oh, I thought it was hello balloon. No, it's, yeah, seriously. I had, I watched it twice. Oh, wow. Hello balloon. Because they waste five minutes trying to figure out what she's trying to say. Oh. She's like, hello, 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 holla, blue. Oh my God, it's so stupid. So stupid. But nothing compares to what happens next, which is we flash to the witch doing exercises, watching another witch on TV. Oh God. And she sounds like she's legitly having orgasms every time she stretches or does anything. Am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. Um, That was very uncomfortable. (laughs) Setting through that, like, listening basically to that witch have an orgasm. (sighs) And yet, it's still not the worst part of the movie, in my opinion. (laughs) So, Nasty catches up to the little girl... And they go behind a bush, which makes no sense. And they hide from the camera view and Nasty gets the wand. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So Nasty gets the wand and runs back to the witch. Um, But he only gets the base of the wand, the stick of the wand, and the the ball at the end of the wand falls off. 
and yes. gets left behind. So basically, this is a baton with a Christmas ornament stuck to it. <laughs> that's what the that's, one is. That is what it is. You're right. It's a baton with, with a Christmas, Christmas ornament. ornament that's stuck genius. Stuck to it. So the genius. Christmas ornament part falls off, which must be the part that holds all the magic. Exactly. So he runs off with the stick. And then we get the most overdramatic, unnecessary scene. The little girl screams, no. And it's so powerful that all three monsters and all three of their lands hear her Mm -hmm. and want to come to her aid. And now we get to what I think is the worst part of this movie. Nasty comes back to interrupt the witch's workout and tries to give her the pull. And I feel like that's exactly the wording that was used by the director. Act like you're going to give her the pole. She sings a song that is literally the same few words over and over oh, again. God. And she sings, give it to me in such an unnecessarily sexual manner that the only way you're truly going to understand this audience is if you hear it too. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. It's legitly so, so bad. Oh my God. So finally she gets it and then she wants to be mean to Nasty and then finds out that it doesn't have the ball on it. So Nasty has to head back out and find the ball. The little girl then finds the witch's cave and heads in as Nasty leaves, and the witch thinks that the little girl is a regular monster and decides to make her clean her cave. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, you just work for me. You can't talk. And then she gives her orders, and then she draws her a picture of a flower, and the little girl is so dumb and annoying, she has to eat it to make pretend that she's a still monster. Um, While this is happening, the little girl almost slips up and speaks a little bit, and the witch just thinks she's hearing things. So, you know, ooh, tension. And then uh, the other three monsters gather together and decide to help her out. And I don't know what the hell was going on. And again, as a director's choice, these costumes look like you probably only had one of each. Mm-hmm. And they walk down like this. Sh- I call it a shale mountain. I don't know what it is, but it's a mountain that's made of just rocks, right? Right. And each one of them, except for the insects, so it's the, the, the poop monster and the mountain monster, fall... And roll down a hill of rocks in their costumes. Yes. To me, I was like, I get you're trying to go for realism. I think one of the poop people got hurt. Oh. Because if you look at it, that one fell pretty hard. Oh. You should go back and watch it again. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your word for it. Uh, The witch starts singing random Christmas songs while making the little girl clean her gym. Uh, the little girls then order to clean the horse equipment. Is that what you call it? A horse? Mm-hmm. Is there any other word for it? The gym horse? Like it's the, 
it's like that cushion thing that's long and off the floor and it's got two rings on it and you get up and you swing your body around with your with your arms. I just thought it was a horse. I think it is just a horse. Okay. Uh, and she starts to remember what the mud told her about where the voices were hidden. Because the mud did tell her where the voices were hidden. Mm-hmm. And it was above the horse and down the hole or something. And so she looks above and she sees a hole in the wall and that's when she realizes those are the voices. Um, Nasty comes back to tell the witch that the monster friends are coming. And then Nasty recognizes the little girl and tells the witch that the little girl can speak. She tries to attack the little girl and uh, the monster friends get closer to the cave. They finally arrive and the little girl finds the wand staff and tries to use it, but realizes it doesn't work at the end. Then the witch tries to hurt the little girl, but the monster friends whip out the ball thing because they found it randomly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what happens. They scare Fiston Doc or whatever her name is. And she kind of passes out and it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? I don't know what happened. Again, blocked it out. The little girl climbs this ridiculous ladder to the entrance where the voices are stored. And then she shouts the stupid magic word of hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. And then I expected to see some animation. Maybe a new sign of music, something to say, oh, they got their voices back. Instead, she starts to sing. She starts to sing Silent Night. And then eventually all the monster, the three monsters join in with voices that make no sense for their bodies. No, I thought they would be like, I thought they would have like opera voices or something. Mm-hmm. Something. 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 It was bad. It was. And then um, Nasty wakes up and he starts singing. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, Nasty can sing too. And then... um, The little girl encourages the witch to join in. Yeah, which was weird. Yeah. Because she can't sing either. wakes up with um all of a sudden the little girl wakes up like this is a it just stops she's they're singing and she wakes up in bed with a stupid monster book on her chest yep and then gets up to go see if father christmas has come and as the credit rolls she starts opening her stocking and all of a sudden outside of her window the three monster friends suddenly appear to watch and she waves to them and then they walk away and then we're treated to the cast all singing silent night again and it's worse and then it ends, and I was mad. <laughs> it was just, I was happy it was over. What was your first thought at the beginning? 
when it first started, what did you think? I thought it was going to be like a scary monster movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I said, what the f- is this? Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be a cartoon. <laughs> did you have any favorite quotes or anything this time around? There's hardly anything to quote. Right, it's so weird. It, there's there's not a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the monsters can't speak, obviously. So it's just the little girl and it's and the witch and that's it. And there's there's nothing really to quote. I quoted one thing. Oh yeah? Give it to me. 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 Oh god, it's so gross. <laughs> Um, did you have any favorite scenes? The end credits? (laughs) 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 Well, that that tops mine. Um, did you feel, you know, normally we ask, did you notice any gay or hidden gay characters or elements? And I had to say no. Mm Mm-mm. Like, at first I thought, well, maybe the witch could be like a drag queen almost. Oh. But no. And then I felt bad because I I was like, we don't know the gender of the monsters. Not that monsters have to have a gender, but I was like, how do I describe the monsters? So then I was like, okay, we'll just use their names. Um, but yeah, I didn't notice anything at all. I mean, at first I thought maybe Nasty might have been a family, mm-hmm. but that whole give it to me scene let me know that that was wrong. <laughs> um on a scale of one to five rainbow candy canes, with five being the best, how many would you give this? Oh, negative 386. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I said zero. I said I would, I would, uh, this is something I would make people I hate watch. Yeah. Like you make somebody, uh, this is, this is a form of torture. That's what this has to be. Um, well, I think I already know your answer to this. Is this a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special? I'm going to have to say uh, not-so-classic there, Jason. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I hope to never watch this again. I do think I'm going to send it to uh, Guesty Bestie Bree as a form of punishment for making me watch something I didn't want to watch. So uh, look out for that, Bree. Oh. Um well, thanks for coming back on, Pamela. Yeah. I appreciate you coming back and sitting through this. I promise next Halloween, uh-huh. it'll be a cartoon. Okay. Okay. At least if we could make it a cartoon. Yeah. It, I don't know if it'll be good, okay. but at least it'll be a cartoon. At least by then I should have my medical marijuana license and just... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be classic. <laughs> well, I think that means there's only one thing left to say. Merry Christmas, Pamela. Merry Christmas, Gason. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Just when you think the show can't get any worse. It's time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant GIF Suggestions. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Naughty Ned. I'm back. <laughs> I got two tasty treats today for the busy friends in your life. My friend Jared loves eating fried chicken here at the North Pole. He can't get enough of it. In fact, he and Santa have chicken eating contests all the time. 
Well, he doesn't always have time, though, to eat fried chicken. But thanks to our friends at Archie McPhee, he can now have the taste of fried chicken anytime he wants. Because they've created fried chicken-flavored suckable hard candies. Now he can pop one in his mouth and have that greasy taste of fried chicken on the go. And what goes best with fried chicken? Well, veggies, of course. At the offthewagonshop.com, they have vegetable-flavored hard candies. That's right. Now Jared can complete his suckable meal with candies flavored like corn, green beans, and yum, carrots. You'll find the links to these candy treats and more in the show notes. Don't forget to eat your veggies. And stay off the I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, and I've invited my friend Pamela back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or simply leaving us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. So we have a fun little tradition where we get um, presents for our cats and um sarah and chris guesty besties sarah and chris um they usually get something for our cats and we get something for their cats and they usually get us these stockings that are full of cat toys and we just dump them all out on the floor and we call it toymageddon and we just let the cats go crazy with the catnip and everything so that's a fun little christmas tradition that we do every year that wraps up this month's episode we are so close to the most wonderful time of the year we're only two months away if you enjoyed keeping the yuletide gay you should definitely check out our newest episode of gabbing with gayson airing this week as well it's our second annual halloween spooktacular thanks again for listening don't forget to subscribe to the show to be notified when new episodes air and check out our website gabbingwithgayson.com for past episodes and more We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. Don't forget, if you need more Gason in your life, to listen to my other podcast, Gabbing with Gason, on most podcast apps. And you can find more information, of course, at gabbingwithgason.com. The first Noel... Oh, Christmas tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Bring a torch, Isabella. The 12 Days of Christmas and Silent Night, the Disco Edition are provided by FreeXmasMP3.com. Other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended.